Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that look like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Alright guys, this is the SLC Punks podcast. This is your host, Hansen, James. And this is Milo, eagerly awaiting a trade absolutely waiting for a trade i actually was just checking my phone during this super bowl that was awful uh just hoping that the nba would save us and i think by the end of this super bowl or at least during the super bowl milo i think Woj and shams and uh and mark stein have all been on some sort of it's a ceasefire it is we got a mexican standoff they just they all wanted to watch the Super Bowl with their families, turn their phones off. LeBron is apparently drinking wine and tweeting whatever he wants because apparently he's waiting for the Woj to tweet something. When LeBron James is saying, like, come on, Woj, come on. <laughs> I know what that comes off as. It's like, come on, Woj, trade my teammates. Trade, trade my teammates. I mean, I like LeBron, but man. <laughs> take my team. Of- I mean, take them. My goodness. But anyways, the Jazz did not make a trade during the Super Bowl, and I think partly because they wanted to let Ricky Rubio and Donovan Mitchell eat chip cookies and and have one last night together maybe if a trade is going to happen. Can we be real? Uh, this, the longer yeah, this gets dragged out, the worse I feel about having Ricky Rubio as the centerpiece. Oh. Not, because, okay, so- not, not because I don't feel like the Jazz could get better, but this this just feels – we're dragging it on too oh this feels long. terrible this uh, uh, uh because if you're gonna make a trade you gotta do it ah uh, because it well, because off. rubio is just such a nice guy off. like you're 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 watching you're watching him have all this fun and everything and this is like when you're when you know you're gonna put down your dog and oh you're like God. And you're like going like you see those things on like Twitter or Instagram where they're like, we had him go through his favorite day and do all of his favorite things. And this dog is like, wow, this is the best day in the world. And it has no idea what's coming for him at the end of the day. And at the end, they're uh, like, OK, goodbye, buddy. But, but the whole time at, at, as the day progresses, you know, like the person's getting sadder and sadder. That's how I feel. Well, except it kind like, of feels I, like they got all – well, they got everyone together to say goodbye, possibly one last hangout together or something. It's so like, this is, these are your favorite cookies. Oh my gosh! By the way, those chip uh, cookies looked good in that Instagram post. But can I just say, chip cookies are good, but somebody's got to introduce Donovan to crumble cookies as well. Crumble? I've because... never had crumble because chip is the only thing we have up here in Boise. Oh boy, you guys need to get a crumble cookie with the lemon coconut sugar cookie and then it gives you a lemon slice and you squeeze the juice on the cookie and it's literally the greatest cookie Ooh. i've ever had see see the thing is like chipped are just huge they're mm. really big cookies and they're really thick cookies and very, so that's really solid with milk really good but they're very like nice. they're very filling very oh, well, filling. You know what? And so I would, I would go Ricky for Rubio. a smaller. Are they like? Are they smaller cookies where you can kind of inhale them? Because sometimes I really like that. Well, yeah. what I was going to say is chip cookies are like Ricky Rubio, and crumble. Oh yeah, cookies we were talking like about Conley. We were talking. Well, oh. I was going to say crumble cookies is Mike Conley. It's just a better overall cookie. It tastes better. It's got a better size. It's more efficient. Uh it helps you get over the top. It's got multiple flavors and different types of cookies. Chip cookies come in two flavors. It's uh, pass the ball and and I guess occasionally get a layup at the rim. Uh, and that's Ricky Rubio. Uh, I feel really crumble- ambushed by this analogy. I feel like you were working on it a lot longer than I was. <laughs> no, I, just, 
I'm just going to go for this. <laughs> Crumble cookies, you've got like seven flavors. It's an incredible d- defender. It shoots 36% from three. It can drive to the lane. It brings grittiness, grittiness toughness, playoff experience. The Crumble cookie is just a superior cookie. It just is. Crumble, if you'd like to uh, advertise on this podcast, we were recently let go by our past uh, <laughs> sponsor. You, you two can sponsor this podcast. But, uh, uh, guys, I really, really personally hope the Jazz make a trade soon. If you, uh, Milo, you put, you, uh, tweeted a very wonderful tweet from the SLC Dunk account, uh, just letting people know what Mike Conley did, uh, in his last game, scoring like 20 points, uh, eight, eight assists at a efficient clip while the Jazz went into and played Houston and, uh, crapped the bed again. And, um, uh, that brings them to on the season, if I remember right, they are ten and seventeen or ten and eighteen against playoff teams. Uh, not even playoff teams, teams five hundred or above. So that tells you that they are really hitting the wall when it comes to top echelon talent. Mm-hmm. I, I think what's going to be hard about any trade is. I think Ben Dowsett actually had it best today. He put on his Twitter account about when the Jazz make a trade, we are now deciding between probably the league's best chemistry versus getting better talent-wise. And that's true. When the, it when I'm saying when because I don't believe it's an if anymore. The Jazz are just too active. They're linked to too many things. When the Jazz do make a trade, it is going to really take down the chemistry of this this organization. And that's just a matter of fact. They've really gr- grown close. Rubio has been a huge mentor for, for Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been a great example of how to carry yourself in the community and how to work in in the community. And... He's also a great locker room presence and really professional and just knows how to carry himself. He's also a above average point guard. That doesn't make him an elite, but he is an above average. And mm-hmm. but what's happening to Utah is what he's above average in isn't really what Utah needs. It's sort of like the Derek Favors thing where you have the skill set, but when you, it's not a hand and glove fit because what Derek Favors is really good at, and to really let him sing, you need Derek Favors on the court when Rudy Gobert's not there. For Ricky Rubio to really sing, you need him in a five out system. And that's not going to happen as long as Gobert is there. And it's def- and you need him to have the ball around a lot of shooters. And when you have a Donovan Mitchell, you want him to have the ball in his hand. And and the hard thing is because Ricky Rubio's strengths, he doesn't have that elite shooting from the outside. In today's NBA, he's not going to have the ball in his hands as much as you need him to, to be able to hit his elite skill set. Mm-hmm. And so now we're getting to a point where Utah has to build around Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And they're going to have to make really tough decisions. That means getting rid of people we really like, that we've really grown to love, to be able to get to that next level. And this is a part of team building that is not the most fun. It's easier when you've been growing this 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 team together and you've seen them overcome obstacles. But when they hit their glass ceiling and some aren't going to make it the full journey, this is where... I think fans can sometimes get hurt because you are cutting off and it's not even the fat anymore. You're not trimming off the fat. We're, 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 we're cutting off. It's kind of like a butcher, so to speak is, is kind of is the artistry of butchering a cow or something like that, where now we're just trying to get to the best cuts of meat. Oh yeah. You're it's not, still, it's, it's, it, we're not cutting off fat anymore. We're not cutting off like the, the carcass or whatnot, we are getting to the prime cuts and to become a prime cut in this league. There are some really good cuts that a lot of people would love to have and would love to eat, but it's just not the prime. And Utah can get one of those pieces in Mike Conley, who's available 
and it's it, it is be- choosing it between good and best and they have a chance we saw with Mike Conley who's playing with garbage other than Marcus Gasol on that Memphis Grizzlies team it is obvious they're tanking yeah, old and they're not putting Marcus any Hall. yeah and they're not putting anything around them because they started Bruno Caboclo Bruno yeah. they've been starting him he was in the G League I, he was killing it in the G League but he but signing him to a 10 day and then he's immediately starting we all know what what they're doing mm-hmm. and Mike Conley has been still putting up big time points when he is not just a focal point he's the entire offense for them so bringing him over to Utah and him being able to not have the target on his back for the first time in probably a couple years yeah three years probably is going to make him a better player it's also going to make Utah better team but Utah's at a point now where they're at a crossroads and it's choosing between chemistry and staying where they're at and hoping mm-hmm. for and to, for them to get better Donovan Mitchell really has to go from being a an all-star to a superstar in a short amount of time which is incredibly difficult for a, for a player well and the Jazz or, can make that easier by making a move if they exactly. want to keep setting him up where he's in situations where he doesn't have as much space as he could possibly have where if he's passing the ball to shooters and they don't make the shot, you know, and things like that. Like then we can just keep doing what we're doing. Uh, I, I think I agree with what you said earlier. Um, and these are just some things I've been thinking. And I think maybe what be go- is going on. Um, I think the jazz are probably having to choose between getting rid of not just like Ricky Ruby on Derek favors, but also maybe a prospect they've been putting a lot of time into and in Dante Exum. Mm-hmm. And maybe that is what a lot of this hinges on. And I wonder if Utah is just biding their time to see if they can get away with not having to give that up. Uh, but, you know, the Jazz need to be careful in, in two ways. They need to be careful that, one, uh, another team doesn't beat them to the trade and offer something better when they could have made a trade with Dante. Or, two, the uh, Grizzlies deciding, hey, we're still losing games and we can keep Mike Conley. You know, we'd rather not, you know, get rid of him. So you just, you've got to be really careful. And, you know, if the Jazz are really holding on to Mike Conley or to Dante Exum, I love Dante. And I think Dante has a chance to be a very nice, nice player. He already is a very nice player. Like no more could be. He really is. When he was playing this year, he was really playing at a high level. Uh, But Dante has two more years on his contract after this year. Mike mm-hmm. Conley has how many years left on his contract? Like two, one or two more years left as well. He has two, two more after this year. And I just wonder if Dante's, you know, I know that, that Quinn has developed him, but I, I do feel like Quinn has kind of mismanaged Dante the last two years. And I think that, you know, Dante, who spends most of his time in LA or whatever in the off season, probably going to look around before he signs anywhere when he's a free agent especially if he does well with Utah. And I wonder if, you know, the risk of losing Dante and Conley is about the same after two years. Conley, just because he'll he'll be, you know, older. I wonder if it's just like, you know what? Let's go with Conley with the sure thing that we know will come in and do really well. And we can make this trade happen. Uh, I don't know. I I think what's hard about Dante is if Dante is being included. I really think Dante is going to be a great player. Yeah, I know you do too because you're basically captain this island. But I wonder with Dante if he's going to get the development time with Utah that's going to allow him to be the type of player. Well, especially if we trade for uh, Mike Conley. Conley. (laughs) Is he going to get the time? And is he going to become the player that you hope he is? Because if you're withholding that and you're like, man, he's just going to become this really great player, then you have to ask yourself, okay, what what is the development time that he needs to become what we think he's capable of being? And at that point, if you look at that and say, well, if we have Mike Conley and we keep Dante Exum, um, maybe he's not going to get that time and he's not going to become the player that we want. And all of a sudden, um, it, we held on and we gave up an even more incredibly valuable asset because we're holding back on something. or you do trade him and there is a chance people will be like, well, you know, you should have kept on Exum because 
he turned into be a great player. And you're like, well, yeah, of course he did because he went to Memphis Grizzlies. He got to play all the minutes. He got to he got to improve. He got to do those things. But if he would have stayed here, he well, he you- doesn't get those minutes. He doesn't get the he he doesn't get the time and the constant. And part of me as Dante Exum fan wants to see him in a starter role and be able to to be able to be on a, a team like Memphis that's going to take their bumps and bruises, and he's able to succeed. Um, I would like to see that in Utah, but at the same time, Utah's in a different place with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell that doesn't allow them to be able to do that because of expectations well, for both one thing of them. We, one thing we've heard is that you know the Jazz were definitely interested in Otto Porter. That's some that's a player the Jazz really like. We're really interested in. I'm sure really tried to pursue, but it sounds like Washington just wants an astronomical amount for him. That's just not worth it. And I wonder if the Jazz had gotten Otto Porter, if they'd have been okay starting Dante uh, and just saying, hey, um, Dante's our fifth option with our starters. You know, who knows? But now that they're focusing on on Mike Conley, then, you know, you have a lot of questions here. Like, And it's like you said, like Dante is a very nice piece of meat, that, but he still has, you know, it still needs to be aged. And you're still not it's, quite, yeah, hundred percent sure. It's kind of like Rubio and Favors. It's kind of Rubio and Favors. You're like, we have this really great player, but for him to be successful, A, B, and C have to be happening. And be, because of the way our team is constructed, two of those three things aren't going to be there for him to succeed. All of a sudden, we have a piece that's not being used properly. And so, and I think that's the thing that people don't think about a lot when with these trades. They just look at, okay, well. Um, if if so and so like for example, I look at the um, at the D'Angelo Russell trade, and people are like, "Well, you know, they select Lonzo; they should have kept Russell." But Russell wouldn't have been able to have the the peppering, so to speak, in Los Angeles when Lonzo was there that he was able to receive in Brooklyn. And so, even if they would have kept Russell, they would have kept Russell. The narrative would be, "Oh, now you know, Russell's we don't know what he is, and then Lonzo we don't know who he is because they're splitting developmental minutes." Mm-hmm. But now the now we're looking at this like well look at Russell and this and it's like yeah because he got the time he got the he got the ability when you see players who have these uh, who improve <laughs> later on in their careers when they didn't quite hit the ground running like a Chauncey Billups or other people those are people who didn't get the chance early on or or had their coach had them on a quick chain and and pull and, and pulled them on a quick leash and just. You know, yanked them at the first time that something didn't go right, and then the minute they get some in a situation where because the te- the 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 goals of the team are different, um, mm-hmm. they're able to have a lot more success. And and that's what's hard with Utah because Utah is in okay. How do we get past the second round mode? It guys like Grayson Allen, who there's some people on our staff. Um, who like him more than others. I don't, um, you, th- you think he's going to turn out to be better. Um, but at the same time, w- w- when is he going to get an opportunity? Well, he's showing that he really, time. really produce he's really, he, and, and, and that's surprising because they, the jazz drafted him as a, you know, thinking he was a four year senior that he was going to be able to hit the ground running. And all of a sudden they're like, Oh boy, mm-hmm. he needs, he needs developments. He needs, he, he needs time. And it's almost like he's learned all these habits in college that he would have been, he would have been, never would have been a habit had he gone to the NBA sooner. So now, now they're like, oh, great. Now we have to like have him unlearn things and then get him back and then somehow get him to play defense at a average defense, uh, average NBA level. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the Jazz and the Jazz are ready. They have two superstars on their team Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. They need to pair it with another known star. And honestly, this is just what good teams do. You know, we're not in the mode of just, you know, hopefully we get a steal at the end of the draft because that's not a way to win. Like the Jazz are good enough now to start competing with the best teams in the league. Uh, they And they know what they need to get better at. And that's mm-hmm. at the offensive side of the floor. Like they just, it's very clear, like the Jazz have, you know, a nice system. Donovan Mitchell has shown that he is really the offensive focal point of the future and can be a real star in this league. Uh, Rudy Gobert is an all-star and, you know, at times MVP level player with the way he dominates games. Uh, But they, 
right now are kind of a two-headed monster and um everyone's able to guard that they're able to kind of focus on donovan they allow uh ricky rubio to shoot and so when ricky rubio has good games the jazz do well and that's because the other team is saying that's if you beat us with ricky rubio then so be it that's what every every team's game plan is uh Mm -hmm. but how nice would it be if they had to if they leave mike conley open he shoots just lights out and just lights them up and you just know that that's there uh that means that donovan will get more open shots conley will actually have the most space he's probably ever had in his career especially when you consider rudy gobert giving him all-star level screens that will uh make i mean rudy gobert made gordon hayward an all-star and he has a chance to make mike conley look five years younger with the way he creates space for other players uh, he made George Hill look five years younger. Yeah, he made I, George Hill look, look, look worth a max. And so yeah. uh, it's it's exciting to think about what could happen. And I just I honestly hate the idea that Dante never really got a chance. And some of that is just because some two really injuries. unfortunate, unfair injuries that just one was just an ACL and that just can happen fluke. And then the other was a football injury because some guy dove on his shoulders you know, and, and here's so, the other thing too. If you if you do move in, if you move Exum instead of say uh, in in instead of adding an additional first round pick, first of all that that helps you <laughs> in the future. Say if the experiment goes wrong and Mike Conley leaves, and then you're left with just Donovan um, in a couple years. Also, um, you're able to take on more salary back. So instead of it just being like, okay, we're we. <laughs> We traded half the team for Mike Conley, but we we're able to keep keep Dante Exum. What they're able to do is, if they move Dante, they're able to shore up a different position of need. Instead of putting it all in point guard, they're able to say, "Okay, well, we ended up trading, say, Derek Favors, uh, Dante Exum, and Ricky Rubio, and what we got back in return, we got Garrett Temple, we got uh, we got Jamichael Green, and we got uh, Mike." Mike Conley. So all of a sudden we have a guard slash forward who can guard on the perimeter, hit threes. We have Jamichael Green, who's a power forward who shoots 40% from three mm-hmm. um, and is bigger than, than Jay Crowder. So you're able to have some size there. And then we got, we got a, a, if he was in the East, he would be a four time all-star, but because he's in the West, he's never been an all-star mm-hmm. uh, Mike Conley. Now you have depth still, so you didn't just mortgage the franchise, um, and you're having to fill fill the gaps through buyouts or pulling uh, somebody who's been on the street for the entire year. So you hope they're just in shape. So this that's that's a good a good chance, um, but you're giving up a big asset and and this is where a sunk cost mentality is hard because. When we as fans think about it, we're like the the team tanked for him. He was a he was a high draft pick, and throwing it all away now is just wasting it. But um, that's a sunk cost mentality. You're never getting that time back, and you have to evaluate them as they are and what they're going to be when they're with you. And right now, if the Jazz get Mike Conley, and they have Donovan Mitchell, and they have Royce O'Neal. That means there's only so many minutes that Dante Exum can play, and so for him to get more minutes, he has to play at the small forward. And is he is he a small forward? Do we do we know what he is? Mm-hmm. And so I like to give the analogy. It's like having, it's like saying, what am I going to do? Why would I sell my Porsche because I need it when my Lambo is in the shop? Oh well, I and hate. It, I just hate when people say to keep keep a player just in case another player gets hurt. Are you kidding? We're not buying insurance policies. Like you go if, if, a, if a big time player gets hurt, your season's done. Guess, That's yeah, just the way the NBA is. If favors it's, is starting for us, we're not winning anything, you know? So it, I mean, that's like being like, anyway. we need a really good backup quarterback in case Tom Brady gets hurt. If Tom Brady gets hurt, you're not out winning. Sorry. Then you're if, if Patrick job, Mahomes is hurt, I'm sorry. You're not Sorry. getting like 75% of Patrick Mahomes. You're getting 25% of him with a backup QB. That's just the way it is. I know. And so with the with the NBA, you're not going to have that luxury. The, what, what Boston has right now with like Terry Rozier and all those guys, like, wow, Terry Rozier, when he's out and when Kyrie's out, they have him. Well, guess what? He's jettisoning because he knows his value. And so 
you have to at this point in time for Utah, they really have to look at the field and say, okay, um, this is the best that this is the best that we're going to be able to do. If these people, if these guys stay on us, we know our ceiling. The Jazz know their ceiling with Derek Favors and and Dante Exum, and that ceiling might increase a little bit, but that 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 doesn't change whether they're a second round team. And guess what? That might not even change if they're a second round team because if you aren't making moves to get better, other people are. So it's not oh, yeah. like you get worse, but everyone else gets better, and that's kind of where the Utah Jazz are at right now. You have uh, Oklahoma City that they got better because they just weren't in sync with their with their newly their new trade with Paul George. They're trying to get get things together, and oh by the way, they had a defensive sieve in Carmelo Anthony. They shored up their depth, and guess what? They look really good. You have the Denver Nuggets. They shored up their depth, and now they look and and they got healthy, and now they are really good, and. And the LA Lakers, they got LeBron. So everyone, you you have teams, and you have the San Antonio Spurs who are still there. They changed their makeup; they're still good. There, everyone is making moves, including Portland. Portland just made a trade for Rodney. for Rodney Hood, and and we don't know what that is, but teams are doing what they can to get better. And we and so the thing is, is the Jazz know what they need to do to get better, and it's a pain. And thing. they do, and I I just. I I can tell what level of interest people had in the Jazz during the Corbin years by their opinion of Dante Exum. Like you mentioned the sunk cost, and I just think, you know what? I had to watch those games. I watched those games twice, almost every single one with Corbin coaching, and it was awful. And Exum was like – And the Jazz didn't make any moves. They didn't, and, that's the, and that was so frustrating because he didn't make any moves to become a playoff team, but they didn't make any moves to tank. And it, they just stayed stagnant. And so we, and just, it, we ended up with Dante Exum. So everyone was just like, well, we went through this horrible thing that was awful every night. And you never know how, knew how to feel because you never knew if you're supposed to cheer for a loss or, or hope that they win and then just get your heart broken more often than not because they were like a below 500 team. It was just the worst. And so now that uh, the Jazz have kind of figured things out, I think, you know, uh, Dante Exum uh, is still a really nice prospect, and he is probably the crux of this trade. And this is my theory, if you want to hear what I think is going on. I think what's going on is Dennis Lindsay has told them Dante Exum is off the table. He's untouchable. We're not trading him. Uh, they're going to see kind of what happens with Memphis if they're able to get something. And they say, hey, before you finalize anything, just let us know. And I think he'll come back and say if something happens, Oh, all right. We'll throw him in if you'll make it happen. And I think that's what he's yeah. doing. I think it's like a relent. You just gotta have you have to have your ace up your sleeve in these. Um, and and man, a part of me thinks Shelvin Mack is gonna come back in a trade. I that hope we release him. But part of me is <laughs> that would give that would trigger me like nothing else. But uh, uh, but but if it gets us Mike Conley, I'm, I, I I will live with it. I will that live would with be it. the craziest thing. <laughs> like, be honestly nuts but the, hey the hard, the hardest the hardest thing with with, with this is uh, that game against Houston and the game against Portland this Utah Jazz team looks like a team that knows that almost everybody is on the trading block oh yeah they just have that look sorry i am a and dude Dude, get it together. Pull it together. I, I went swimming with the kids and I got an ear infection immediately. I'm getting old, guys. I'm a grizzly veteran, but hey, but, I'm pulling through here. You got to push through. You got to push through. Hit, hit, have a cold bath. Have a nice bath. That's right. Actually, that's going to make make it completely worse. But <laughs> the the hard thing with with this Jazz team is they look like they, they know they're on the training block. And, and if anybody – who has ever been in a job where you're wondering if uh, if you might be um, about to be let go? The company's like floundering a little bit, or or you know that you know your performance isn't really up to par, and you're like, oh my gosh, is this is this the day that I uh, that it ends? Um, I everyone on the Utah Jazz, not named Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, is feeling that way. 
Oh. And that affects your performance. It does. It does. And and when people are like, man, why can't they just like push through it? It's just like, man, it, like think of you on your darkest day at work. And it, did you really like, did, did you really give a hundred percent? Well, like, and it's like, yeah, it's like when, if you hear that layoffs are coming and you're not sure if you're going, no one's really, you know, and if you know, they've already made a decision. It's like, well, you know, whatever happens, happens. There's nothing I can do. So I might as well take a longer lunch today or something. <laughs> I'm just going to do what I want today and we'll see what happens. Uh, that's what the Jazz are doing. And I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if a trade happens tomorrow. So we're uh, recording this tonight, post-Super Bowl Sunday night. I wonder if it happens tomorrow, Monday. And I wonder if they did just let everyone know, hey, we're probably making a move and it probably involves Ricky and you guys might want to have a party together and stuff. And maybe that's what the jazz were doing tonight for the Super Bowl, Or maybe it's just a sign of great chemistry that the team has, but it really I think, it, I like think it's just a sign of great chemistry. I think they all know they're on the, on the block. Like, I mean, when Ricky was talking about the game uh, against Atlanta, when he was like, we have really great chemistry with the things that we're doing here. It's just really special. That to me almost felt like a goodbye. Like the way he was talking, it felt like it, it felt like um, someone reminiscing and looking back at the whole picture. It didn't feel like, hey, you know, tell us about you know, tell us about how you how, you know this team when facing Atlanta. It's just like, oh, you know, we ran the plays, we did really good. It didn't feel like player speak. That one felt like I I I, it, I I'm making my case to the front office to stay, but I'm also saying. You know what? To to my other guys and to my fans, this has been a really awesome experience, mm-hmm. and and that's what's hard it, when you're giving up Ricky Rubio. This isn't like piecing out from from Rodney Hood or or you know Alec Burks or um or Ennis Cantor. Yeah, like it's like it's it's it, which each move it just gets a lot harder. Ennis Cantor. That was that was like okay, you want out, peace. We we don't we don't need you. Mm-hmm. And um, with with uh, with Rodney Hood, you're like okay, well, you know, it, it, we could kind of see the writing on the wall. You were you were something. You weren't really ready to be the guy. And Donovan was there. Alec Burks, it's like oh my gosh, another one of the core four. Now we're only down to one. When it comes down to like favors and Rubio. Oh, this is this is like working with your best friend, and you have to fire your best friend. Mm-hmm. Just be like, "Oh man, yeah, no, no, yeah." Last weekend was great. We had a lot of fun. Um, about your performance <laughs> here. Hmm. Ooh. Uh. No. No. I'm not crying. Um. There's just something in my eye. Um. Uh. You're gone. <laughs> <laughs> so and and th- these will probably be the hardest moves. These will be the hardest decisions that Utah has to make. And we'll look back at them it, it, they're risks they have to take. Now now we're no longer in easy cutting off the fat. They they have to take risks and by cut in by taking risks you have to cut off something that's good in order to become something that's great. And when you do that, you have the chance to get worse. And this is why it's scary for for jazz fans, because there is a chance this blows up in Utah's face. We cannot forget that possibility, because if you're trading for Mike Conley, you're trading for a 31-year-old guy. You're trading for, if you get Garrett Temple along there, you're getting an expiring deal. And uh, is he going to be motivated or is he not? Um, If you get Jermichael Green, um, was he just putting up bad numbers on a good – uh, you know, putting up good numbers on a bad te- team when it comes to percentages. Um, and and if Mike Conley does get hurt and then he doesn't play next year, then, oh my gosh, all of a sudden, we just did this for only a year and a half of Conley. Mm-hmm. Was it really worth it? Th- this is, this is and as a small market team, this is the thing that sucks because we could rail on day in and day out about how it's unfair to small market teams. They don't have a chance in free agency. They don't have the same advantages that most teams do. Mm-hmm. But this is, but the reality of it is the trade market and the draft are the only two avenues of player acquisition and star acquisition. And Utah has to take a chance on this 
because a potential all-star is available. And so um, there are guys who were traded late in their careers and still went on to play, uh, put in really good minutes. But those guys were, uh, they were definitely aberrations, like Steve Nash, for example. Steve Nash uh, changed teams and went to Phoenix when he was 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and Dallas had thought, okay, well, you know, we're done. Everything is, we got this. And then um, he was averaging 14 and a half points with Dallas his final season. Then he went to Phoenix and he went to 15 and a half, then 18 and 18 and 16 and 15. And he was absolutely killing it. And he had a couple MVP seasons. Mm-hmm. And with with Utah, Mike, uh, Mike Conley would be coming into a similar situation that Steve Nash was coming into where he's going to have an elite role man in Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. He's going to have really good spacing with Donovan Mitchell and uh, Joe Ingles. And then he's going to have a stretch four, um, whether that is Jamichael Green coming back over with him or Jay Crowder. So he's going to have space. He's going to have a lot of space to work with. And so like you were saying before, there's a chance this really works out. Mm -hmm. But it is a risk. It is a really big risk. Well, and we – the thing is, is the Jazz aren't risking like franchise changing players. It's not like they're trading Rudy or Donovan. Or even Joe Ingles. Mm-hmm. They're trading players that they knew. Uh, one is a prospect that still, I mean, honestly is showing enough that I think he's a high level, at worst, a very high level six man uh, in Dante Exum. And then Derek Favors, who's a very, you know, high level starting level player in the NBA. Uh, but also just someone they signed to a contract that is very, very tradable. Like they know... Derek Favors knows that his contract is very tradable. I promise you he knows that. He's this is not like he's not surprised by any of these rumors or any of these things. And I know he's very coy about it and stuff. And that partly I think it's just because he knows, like, you know, I very well could be traded, but it didn't happen. It's like been rumored before and it didn't happen before. And who's to say if it happens now? He's not all that worried. But if he does get traded, uh, he won't be surprised. And the Jazz will have done what they expected to do create a contract that, that mm-hmm. gives cap space or relieves a team like the Grizzlies who made one last hurrah this year to see if they could be relevant. Uh, one last year with Gasol um, and Conley and it didn't work out and they're looking for relief. And that's what Derek favors contract uh, was for. Now Dante is the one that's honestly harder for me because uh, Derek favors really is a little bit redundant, especially when he's starting uh, because he is a center and but Dante's still got a lot of upside and he's shown to be one of the only players in the league that can really lock down on James Harden. Uh, you know, it would have been nice to have uh, Dante Exum last night uh, to, to guard uh, James Harden because he does a great job every time he does. Uh, so that's something you're giving up on. Who's a guy that legit has a chance to be a difference maker for your team night in and night out. And that's why that's a very, uh, Interesting prospect for Memphis, Memphis, because that's a guy that they can pair next to um, Triple J. I always forget his name. Jaron Jackson. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Jack- I know. Uh, now I'm always like Triple I know. J. It's like Triple J. Uh, he's Exum would be a perfect little uh, complimentary player uh, to 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 develop next to Jaron Jackson and would get minutes and the. Imagine if they got like Cam Reddish too. Like they, they all of a sudden you have a really great nucleus for them. You got like three players that you can play, and then the next season you're probably, you know, you probably don't really go for it, you know, and you, uh, you let take your uh, let Exum play with Jackson, and and then question mark draft pick like, you know, Cam Reddish if they're lucky or someone like that, and then once they get some development time, then you just go and. uh that's that's why I think it's hinging on Exum because I think, you know, we've heard that Detroit is kind of in the talks too, but I don't, you know, obviously not that big in the talks because nothing's happened. And so, uh, you know, if you're choosing between like Andre Drummond, who's really not that great and, uh, you know, or and then a, and a first round, late first round pick or with the Jazz where you get a late first round pick, but you get a really nice young prospect in, in Dante Exum, I think that's a little more because the, the Grizzlies, you know, they're not really looking at who's the best player we get back. They're looking at what um, assets they get back. Like 
high level draft picks mm-hmm. as many firsts as they can possibly get. If I'm Utah, I'd say also if it's if it's more of just a, like if they don't like Dante, then I would be willing to give up I guess two firsts for him. Uh because I I was thinking about this today uh you know, would we be willing to give up Grayson Allen and Tony Bradley for Mike Conley? Probably I I I don't know how quickly you would say yes, but I would say yes pretty fast. And that's just what I think of our future picks is that you know they're going to be in the late twenties. If especially if you get Conley, you're going to be a really good team. And right, and I mean, sure, it you know that's a risk, but you're getting a really good player. And I just I don't know. I would be disappointed if I found out the Jazz could have given them like two first rounders that. And uh, they didn't, and we don't make we get to like the eighth seed and like and lose to the Warriors, and then you know, and then in the next draft we draft, you know, uh, another Grayson Allen or another Tony Bradley, and you're just like, oh my gosh, this again, you know. I know that we've hit some home runs in the draft, but the only one that was late that's been really fantastic was Rudy Gobert. The other was uh, Donovan Mitchell at thirteen. Um, we're just not getting that opportunity again. And, uh, yeah, I, it's, it, it, it's really, it, it's really hard because 20, whenever you get like, so, um, 2021, that's <laughs> three drafts from three drafts from now. It's, it's risky because that, that draft is right after the jazz lose, could be losing pieces and they need things. The other thing is our, our drafts are, uh, a small market team's bread and butter because that allows you to add cheap depth. And and if not, then you're like, okay, well, we have our mid-level level exception, but who's coming on that? Well, I would argue, though, we were able to – when Hayward left, we were able to pick up players like Tom, Tom Losha, okay, Joe Johnson. Uh, you know, some of those guys – and they got Joe. And they, Joe was and a job. mid-level exception yeah, guy, wasn't like There's he? guys you can get, like older vets looking for you know, their last two or three years in the league that can get pretty cheap, but still give you nice. Like Tabo Cephalosha, when he's been healthy, has provided nice production for Utah. And there's guys like that that are always yeah. available. I, I just, I'm so ready for the Jazz to go for it, you know? Like, we're healthy. We're, I just want them to make a trade. If if any jazz guys are listening, which probably not, but if you are, come on. If you can do it, just do it, please. Please. What I would really love, um, because uh there was talk that Utah's also interested in in uh in Miritich. Oh. And I would I would really love to see sort of a a three way trade where the Jazz send Derek Favors over to New Orleans uh for 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 Miritich. Oh, I, I, and then, I think I got um, and then that. you're and then and then you have um and then if you're able to if you give out the two first rounders to um to the Grizzlies mm-hmm. and then you get you send Derek Favors over to to the Pelicans. If the Pelicans trade Anthony Davis and all of a sudden they still have a good a good role man in Derek mm-hmm. Favors who you're able to to have there and a good veteran presence that you can keep on or you or you keep them and then you can trade them for another asset uh, later on maybe at the draft um or um or you're able to save him for for the following year then all of a sudden and maybe you you know send over like Tony Bradley or or whatnot now now all of a sudden the Jazz have Mike Conley and they have uh they have Nico and now you have this this really good squad um you give up a lot of depth, but at the same time, Grayson Allen, Hal Neto, Hal Neto's not really playing that much because he's for some reason oft injured. Um, Tabo's gone. You're weak on the wings, so you're really going to need Dante Exum and Royce O'Neal to step up into bigger players, uh, into bigger roles. And you hope that the buyout market this season has something where you can you can grab. Um, but other than that, um, well, there's always. Oh, Anthony. Oh. <laughs> but, or, you know, you've actually mentioned this. Then at that point, maybe you can go out and snag uh, Jabari Parker and he can be some nice little backup depth. Yep. If they, if- so it's, if they do, if they do, I, it is, 
man, I wonder what's trending on Trade NBA. I'm always interested to see. Well, I was going to say uh, everything is for Anthony well, Davis. We're gonna... Anthony Davis. 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 Anthony well, Davis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's exciting. But here's the thing: is like we're recording this Sunday night. I'm going to post this tonight. And then we might have to talk tomorrow if the trade happens and talk about what actually happened and watch the jazz. Yeah, we might be the, back. Watch the jazz make just like an out of nowhere move. Like, Oh my gosh, the jazz just traded for, you know, Bradley Beal. No, that won't happen. But I do hope the no, no, Washington ha- would have to lose. Oh, their minds. The, the wizards are crazy. That's the thing. It's like, and that's what I've talked to people and we've talked about Kevin love and it sounds like he's not for sale, but, uh, the thing that we always mention here on the podcast is there's things that are possible and there's things that we'd love to have. And working with the Washington Wizards is just not something that like they're not they're not good or easy to work with at all because they're crazy people. Like there's a reason they're bad every single year is because they're difficult to work with. They don't make logical decisions like like a Dennis Lindsay does. Like when Dennis Lindsay makes a move, it's usually pretty easy to sit back and go. Okay, I can see why you know. Oh, this. Yeah, oh, okay. okay. You know that's the type of reaction with them. It's honestly scratching your head. Like you didn't know the name of the player you were trading to this guy, or who was getting back what. <laughs> like it's just. Look at this trade. Uh, uh, this this is a terrible trade for all teams. Somebody, I found one Utah Jazz trade that was trending on Trade uh-huh. NBA. Memphis Grizzlies get Ricky Rubio. This is a three way trade. Grizzlies, Magic, and Jazz. So Grizzlies get Rubio and Vucevic. Magic get Favors and Allen. And the Utah Jazz get uh, uh, Mike Conley and Terrence Ross. I mean, for Utah, that's really good. I know, it's for Utah. Like, it's funny, you can work on these things and you can be like, oh, I know who made, yeah. who made this. This was a Jazz It's also like, this. yeah, like everyone has to agree to the trade, guys. <laughs> like... Would you do that trade if you're Orlando? Yeah, watch. You know what I would be? You know who's like a quiet like possibility is Aaron Gordon. I'd give up. Uh, I'd give up picks and Exum for Gordon. He'd fit so perfectly. There's, there's, and you have to give up. Uh, you'd have to give up Dante. He would. Exum. He would want Dante. Mm-hmm. But who would you have left? <laughs> be like we gave up all of our point guards you start Royce O'Neal with uh, Donovan and then it's the Donovan show yeah, it's the Donovan show yeah I think Mike Conley's the best option uh, on- yeah I think so because he, he takes right now watching Donovan he needs he needs another playmaker right that's now that's true he just really does uh, because even if you get a, a, a stretch like this is why it's like I've moved tor- more towards uh, Mike Conley than Otto Porter is Donovan just needs another playmaker on the perimeter and teams that have another playmaker on the perimeter in the new NBA are doing extremely mm-hmm. well. Well, and the jazz have like a shared and, offensive system and that's just how the mm-hmm. system works and, and they need another guy. Because it's too many times where Donovan's just like isolated and they just focus on him. And and I was watching Houston this morning uh, play Utah and, you know, Donovan had a couple turnovers and stuff. And some of that is just because, you know, he's going and then he's just got to get bailed out by throwing it to a shooter because they just packed the paint again. It's just the same old story. The Jazz really, really need to make a trade. They really do. And uh, just to like get a better playmaker on the floor. So Donovan has someone else who can go out and get 15 to 20 points a night, uh, somewhere in that range, take Mm -hmm. pressure off of him, you know, and we, uh, it would just, it would make things work so much better. And then in the off season, if they're not able to get Miritich, Miritich is a free agent. You can just go sign him. Uh, And he's been rumored to like, he likes Quinn Snyder. This is a team he wouldn't mind playing for. And, you, you know, that's a more realistic target than anyone, I think, for a free agency. Uh, but who knows? But they do need to make a trade. Something's got to happen because it's just the makeup of the team right now just doesn't uh, equate to a lot. 
Something's not just no. not fitting. It always ends up kind of coming up short and for the same old reasons. The nice thing for Utah is that it's very clear what they need to do. Uh, they just need to make it happen. Some teams, it's just like we've got, we just don't have a star. Well, the U- Utah has a star. They have two of them. And they need to get another complimentary guy. Uh, so let's hope, let's hope they do yeah. that tomorrow, Milo. Or at least, what is it? The sixth or the seventh? Or is the seventh the the deadline, or is it the sixth? I can't remember. It is the seventh, so mm. Thursday. I hoped it. I was hoping they got it done this weekend, so I could write about it this weekend and not have to be worried that something was going to break for the next three days. But you know what? Life no, isn't fair. The team- I do. Th- I do think it happens soon because you have the Suns on Wednesday, and mm-hmm. and and other than that, they don't play until Saturday. So. That gives them so much time to integrate a new piece in there rather than if it ha- it would be such a waste of a week. I say that, but th- I mean, there's two parties involved. It's not like they can be like, we make the trade now. But um, it, if they were able to make it tomorrow and have these pieces moving in, they get able to get a little slight warm up against the Suns. And then you get a couple more days of practice before you face off against, I believe it's the Spurs on Saturday. That would be optimal, but you know, life life no, isn't. Doesn't work out the way we so, want. <sighs> so we will just have to wait. Well, let's. I I guess. Uh, so do you think? Do you think it happens tomorrow, or do you think it happens on Thursday? Um, I guess it doesn't matter. I'm thinking it's happening on Thursday. Because if to me it feels like Memphis and Utah, it's whoever blinks mm-hmm. first. And I know it's easy for us to say just make it happen, but that's we're not the one who his job is dependent on whether it succeeds. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, so. yeah, we don't have to worry about our our you know our butts being on the line if it, if fails, it fails. We're like, so. well, guess I get to write an article about it and be really snarky. <laughs> yeah, I go. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> but I actually I do feel like it's the best move and I hope they do it. So, you know what, guys? Uh pretty soon we're going to be switching over to the SBA SB Nation network. And it's going to be pretty cool. We're not quite sure what those changes are going to be, but it's going to be fun and interesting. But you can always just subscribe to us on iTunes. So, if you're listening right now and you're not subscribed, go do that right now. What's wrong? Yeah, subscribe. go do that. And yeah. and uh, if you've already subscribed, then you know what? Search our podcast, SLC Punks, on on iTunes and leave a review. We would really appreciate it. Yes, please. Uh, I got no- I got nothing else, Milo. Peace out. Happy trade machining, y'all. Happy trade machine. <laughs>